The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm so excited to be kicking off this episode today because it is a pretty big milestone, I'd say, in my marathon training and in this marathon training series. So I'm excited to take you along. So just sit back and relax, and we will just jump into the episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode, as I've just said, but today's episode is all about hitting the halfway point in my marathon training, and I have to say it feels pretty cool and pretty good, and I think it's just, it's a big thing, I think, for me because it's such, it's a it's a bit longer of a training period compared to last year's training. I think my marathon training last year was only about 16 weeks, so it is just an extra two weeks, but I think when you factor on top like a full-time job and no booze <laughs> during summertime, I think too, is just a little bit tough, but I've been, I've been okay nonetheless, and I think that like it's taught me quite a lot about myself and you know, clearly just not really needing booze to have fun necessarily, but obviously missing it a little bit. And so very excited for October to roll around. But I just wanted to kind of make an episode for the halfway mark because I think I've been sort of just thinking a lot about marathon training last year and how different it was sort of doing that from my parents' house compared to doing it, you know, a year later here on my own in London. While this is only my second time marathon training, I think that there's something to be said about people who do put themselves through like 16, 18 week periods of, you know, just really intense marathon training. And you don't even need to be like a really hardcore runner to call marathon training intense because like this morning I ran 15 miles and this is the longest run that I've done so far in the training. And I think it's supposed to get upwards of like 20, 21 miles. And that's where it starts to get really intense. And I remember when I first started doing these longer runs last year, and I've talked about before how I, you know, previous or like prior to my marathon training, I was going through a lot of heartbreak and my way of sort of dealing with it at the time was just running and running and running. And this was like right after I had done my first half marathon and I just kept running half marathons for some reason every weekend for like a month after that. And then I slowly just started to progressively build on my miles and suddenly I found myself running like 23, 24 miles. And like people were like, you're not like training for a race or a marathon. Like, why are you running so much? And so I think like it just made sense for me to start marathon training. And I, you know, wanted to give myself a goal and I wanted to actually achieve like a full and real marathon, which I'm still so proud that I did. But I think that there's something to be said about some of these longer runs. And I guess I don't want to get too deep too quickly, but like some of these runs you go to like quite dark and deep places in your mind because it's just you and the road or the trail and you're just running for like hours. And unless you're running like five, six minute miles, you're like me who probably has more of like an 839 pace and you're out for, you know, more than two hours for a 15 mile run. And you kind of just like 
I think I thought about that before I walked out the door and I was like, wow, I'm about to go and run for like over two hours and that's going to be my next two hours basically. And that's going to be, you know, your morning and what you're going to be spending your time doing. I think I had seen this meme on like an ultra runner's meme page once, which I'm by no means calling myself an ultra runner. And maybe that will be something that I achieve one day, maybe not. But yeah, it basically was like these two guys at work and one guy was asking the other, what are you doing this weekend? What are your plans? And the other one said, you know, I'm running, I'm going on a long run and said like however many miles that they were running. And the guy, the other guy was like, oh, and like, what else? Is that it? And he was like, well, you know, the rest of the weekend will be spent like either preparing for the run or recovering from the run. And I can totally attest to just like how long it takes to recover from some of these runs. Like I literally came home today and like I, you know, showered, I had my electrolytes and sometimes you feel okay. And sometimes I feel like I can walk out the door and go and do things and like run errands. But then like days like today where I'm just like, I feel like I could take a nap and I took a nap and you know, that's fine. And sometimes you're just so tired, but like, I mean, you're out for hours hours just running. And so I think it kind of just makes sense. But I think that like I was saying earlier, there's just something to be said about the places that your mind goes to on these runs. And I'm not saying that like I have some super deep, dark place. I will say that I've started going to therapy, which has been super helpful. And I think that everyone should if you have the means to, but it is It's been really interesting because like, I think that there's a lot to be said about like adults, especially who have never really explored therapy and like how certain mannerisms and certain like, I don't know, certain ways that you act as an adult actually do all connect to, you know, how you were brought up or how you were raised. And this is just something that I've been talking to a lot with my therapist. And it reminded me so much of the episode that I did with my friend, Emma, talking about attachment styles and all that good stuff. I'll have it linked in the show notes and she like brings like an adoptee perspective too. It was super interesting. I feel like this episode is taking a bit of a tangent, but I think my overall like premise of this topic is just that like you can just, your mind goes to all kinds of places when you're running. And you know, I think to an extent, I really do rely on like really good music and I have playlists that I will always listen to when I'm running and that I create specifically for like certain runs or like fart-like runs or longer runs and that sort of a thing. But I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it really is just you and your mind. And especially those people who will be out running with no headphones, I will quite literally never understand how they do that. But I... I think that it's just a really good time to be thinking about things and to really work on processing things that you may have not before. I think especially like during the David Goggins challenge and then my challenge running one mile every hour for 24 hours, those were the times where I was really digging deep. And I think that like my mind definitely goes a lot deeper than it would if I wasn't running. And I feel like it's kind of like you're digging deep and you're looking for that motivation. And I think that sometimes you do have to go to those deeper, darker places to find that motivation. And I think David Goggins has like a podcast episode or a speech where he talks about like the cookie jar and like, you know, digging into the cookie jar and like looking for that motivation. And this also reminds me of an episode that I did with William Pullen and he 
like created this app and he's written a book about dynamic running therapy, but he, this app is really cool. And it's something that you're meant to listen to when you're running or you can be walking too, but it just gets you thinking about deeper things and deeper thoughts that you may not think about during your day. And I think that, you know, we talked a lot in that episode and I'll link it in the show notes as well about just how there are people who only run to get personal bests and they only want to get a certain time and they don't really take it deeper. And I think for me, running is so meaningful to me because of the eating disorder and because of how I was brought up with sports and then how I, you know, suddenly had a negative relationship with running and was able to kind of like turn that into a positive thing. But I think in the recovery, it's so much about sort of, you know, learning more about yourself and, you know, learning and unlearning some so many things that I learned during my eating disorder that I taught myself were like the right way to control my body and my eating and my over-exercising and Again, this is kind of another tangent, but I think that there's so much more, it makes your runs so much better if you make them more meaningful and you actually take the time to, you know, think about things and think through things that you don't have the time to during the week. And I feel like a lot of us who work like full-time jobs, I feel like it's really easy to go and like do your morning run and not really put much thought into it and then go and like rush to get ready for work and go to work if you're going to work in person, even if you're just sitting down at home. I feel like it's really easy to get wrapped up in work and just like, not think throughout the day and then like before you know it you're at the end of your day or you're at the end of your week and it's just so much time that you spend not thinking about you and not thinking about how you're doing and checking in with yourself and that sort of thing and I think that that's something that I really wanted to highlight in my last episode and just like the biggest lesson that I learned last year of just you know not allowing people to walk over me as as much as I was and sort of learning to uncomfortably almost put myself first more. And I think that a lot of that thinking came from those deeper thoughts that I was having during those longer runs when I was first training for my first marathon. And I'll also include a show note link for that episode because I think that that's one of the most listened to episodes on the podcast is all about how I trained for my first marathon and my thoughts and my experience essentially. But yeah, I guess just to wrap up this episode because I feel like I could talk for ages is just, you know, marathon training is so much more than just running across the finish line and completing 26.2 miles. And I think that it's going to be like such a meaningful day. And I'm saying this just halfway through training and it'll be so crazy to look back on this after October 3rd. And I just think that it's going to be such an emotional day. And I think that I'm just so pumped for it. And I think I'm just, you know, I'm taking it day by day because I know that the experience will come so quickly and then go so quickly. So I'm really trying to appreciate this training period and this year of marathon training. All right, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. This has been such a cool series so far to be doing on the podcast, so I hope that you are genuinely enjoying it. If you'd like to donate, I will have a link in the show notes for my Boston Children's Hospital donation page. Any donation is greatly appreciated. I will also include links for the podcast Instagram to make sure that you check that out, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.